0: all right you know what it is you know who it is we're back we got episode 14 of the fight cast talking uh review of ufc fight night this past weekend some boxing news and then we got a preview of ufc 258 which i'm pretty excited for Uh, i think it's gonna be a really good fight there's a few fights i'm excited to see and i think that uh uzman versus burns is going to be a pretty good contest um we got the we'll get into that as we go so uh, we'll, we'll recap UFC fight night quickly. Um, All-Star Overeem versus Alexander Volkov was the uh, main event of the night, and it uh, underperformed. I don't know. It wasn't a very good fight. Overeem just looked. I, so I initially picked Volkov, and then I switched my – I saw some things, and I let the media get in my head, and uh, I ended up switching my pick to Overeem, and he got whooped. And he, uh, he just looked – I don't know. He just looked out of shape. He just looked – he got hit once and didn't look like he wanted to be there. Um, bloodied in the first round, like right towards the end of the first round, he got, he got hit two or three times. And I think he either broke his nose or got a cut on his forehead, one of the two, and he was, like, gushing blood. So it was, it was not a good start. Um, he, uh, like I said, just kind of looked, like, out of shape. He, he was moving timidly. He was on his, you know, he wasn't, he was advancing for the first like minute of the fight and then uh, just got pushed back after he got hit a couple times. He caught Volkov like once or twice, but didn't really do anything to Volkov. And then Volkov just started pushing ahead and just used his distance because he was uh, significantly taller than him, which I, I knew, but like I didn't, you never really, like, I don't know, you never really see that as much or think about it as much until they're actually in the ring and the octagon's so small. That when a dude like Volkov was like six seven steps in front of like Overeem, who's I'm pretty sure is like six four or six three at least, and just like they're like this, and then you see it, and the reach makes that much of a difference, and like his kicks, and there's just there's just no when two guys that big are in the ring or the octagon, there's like no room, and you see it right away. So like Volkov just reaches, and he he really like. I I really like I'm impressed by him. I think that um whoever he decides to fight next or whoever he gets his chance with next, whether it's um Stipe or Engano or whoever wins this next uh fight coming up between Stepe and Engano, I, I I think he's he's very much next in line. Um I know a lot of people that uh Cormier was talking, I think it was Cormier or whoever else was on there, they were talking about him possibly being the dude to beat John Jones and uh because he's got like that type of skill. I don't know that he would beat John Jones, but um, he's definitely up there. He's got some skill. I should have stuck with my initial gut reaction. Cause I thought that Volkov was that's who, and that's who I saw last time he fought. He was that dude who showed up last night. Um, but you know, again, Overeem was on that title run. Now he's basically done. I don't know what he's going to do now. Um, whether the UFC keeps him on or they get rid of him or he goes and do, does something else. He uh, his title runs done. Volkov's is just getting started he's got a lot more fights left. But um, second fight of the night, I don't know if you saw this, um, Corey Sandhagen, the kid I was talking about that's just kind of like coming into his own right now into the UFC, absolutely starched Frankie Edgar with a flying knee um, dropped the dude. And Frankie Edgar doesn't really get you know knocked out, and he's been in the game for a while. But Corey Sandhagen, um, he uh, he put him out. And like he impressed. I think he's got to be next in line and I'm hoping from what I'm hearing and what I'm looking at, I'm hoping he is going to fight TJ Dillashaw uh, for what would be like the, either the interim belt or the, the belt. I'm not hundred percent positive what's going on in that division. So uh, it would be awesome to see him fight TJ Dillashaw, Dillashaw Cause I think, I think Dillashaw coming off the time that he's not been in the ring and coming off of his steroid stuff. We'll see how much, I, I think he honestly loses to Sandhagen from what I've seen. Um, this dude's like exciting. He's got like unorthodox style. He, he can move well. He he's his last two knockouts have been a flying knee and a reverse uh, kick to the forehead of his last dude that he fought. So he's uh, he's showing out and he's, he's doing what he needs to do. His biggest problem right now is he's not talking. and he's kind of just like letting things go, but he, he said a decent amount on Saturday night after he won. And uh, he, he thinks he's, I think he gets a shot at the title next um, and I think there's, you know, like I said, I think there's a lot to be said about this kid. Uh, I think he's, he's the one he's one of the ones to watch, um, especially in that division. Um, and I honestly think he beats Dillashaw and then whatever happens from there, you know, happens, but, but yeah, so Overeem got destroyed, Sandhagen stepped up. So I was one for one. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we, we, unfortunately we had a podcast last week that, uh, wasn't downloading, but we talked about. Caleb Plant, how his win. And then we talked about um, all the stuff that was going on between Canelo and Garcia and Pacquiao and, and all of that. But this week we got some new boxing news. We got some cool stuff coming up. We got a couple confirmed fights, uh, one confirmed fight without a, without an opponent, which we were just talking about. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we can break those down now. So Tiafimo has his, his uh, fight confirmed. And who is he fighting again? George Cambosis. George Cambosis. Uh, we got Joe Smith Jr. this weekend versus uh, – who is the guy he's fighting? Maxim Blasov. That's a that's a name. Maxim <laughs> Blasov. And then we got Broner versus Ghost right now, which we were just going over. So kind of break those down. We uh, You want to start with the fight this weekend or you want to start with Tiafema?
1: Well, we'll start with uh, this weekend's fight. Um, Joe Smith Jr., um, if anyone knows him, it's because a few years ago he ended Bernard Hopkins career. I mean, Bernard Hopkins was, I don't know, 84 years old when he fought him, but uh, Joe Smith put him through the ropes and, you know, there's that image of Bernard Hopkins. He hit his head, I think on like the timer or something. Um, He was just sitting there going, ah, Um, it was not a good image for, you know, one of the greats, but Joe Smith was the guy that put him out. And then, um, and then he knocked out um, Alvarez, the Alvarez that stopped Sergei Kovalev a couple years ago. Joe Smith not, knocked him through the ropes. Um, and now him and Maxim Vlasov are fighting for the vacant WBO light heavyweight belt on Saturday. Uh-huh. Um uh, in terms of the, the, the actual fight, I, it is a hard one to call because, like, to be honest, man, Joe Smith is, like, one of those guys that, like, he's got some power and he's got really, really long arms for a guy his size. Um, but there's there's nothing really, like, spectacular about him, you know? Um, and there's this this you know joke in boxing you know his name is joe smith and he's like super average you know (laughs) um but i mean he does carry some power he's he's busy um he's got okay defense cement feet though uh doesn't move well i mean again it's you shouldn't expect a light heavyweight to move that well anyway but i mean he's really bad um Vlasov, on the other hand, is, is, again, he's Russian, so it's to be expected that he's technically proficient. Like, he's mm-hmm. technically a really good boxer. Um, he's even adapted some of the, uh, uh, the Philly half-shell defense, uh, the, the Mayweather. Uh, he implements the Mayweather shoulder roll a little bit. Um, so I think it's going to be an exciting fight. I think a lot of punches are going to be thrown. I think both guys are going to get hit a lot. Um, from what, from what I've seen, um, Vlasov can't really take too much damage. Uh, he's been down before. Um, Joe Smith is like one of those guys that, like, he strikes me as one of those guys that's like <laughs> he's like <coughs> too dumb to go down. You know what I mean? Like
0: yeah,
1: hey, he's a, yeah I mean he's been he's been like cracked a few times uh, I guess he broke his jaw he's had his jaw broken twice in a fight um, like early on in his career mm-hmm. um but he's just yeah, he just strikes me as the kind of guy that's just too dumb to to go down yeah so i'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Joe Smith winning the title on a knockout in the ninth round. Okay, I don't know because yeah, I, do, I do. think his reach is going to be even though Vlasov is is technically the better boxer. Joe Smith, his the way because they're so similar in the way that they attack. Um, I think Joe Smith is going to have the advantage because of his reach. His arms are so long, and he's got he's got some pretty he's got decent power in his right hand. So I'm going to go. Um, it's going to be an accumulation of damage. I'm going to go Joe Smith knockout wins the title. Uh, ninth round
0: All right I don't know enough about either but I looked up the picture of him knocking Bernard Hopkins out of the ring and I'm gonna go with him because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the other guy has got one of those highlights so yeah um, go with Joe Smith I'm gonna go if he's got longer arms I'm gonna say fifth round KO he's gonna catch him and his cement feet aren't gonna move and that's it so Joe Smith Jr., what's the other guy's last name bless off blast off we got ninth round ko and i'm going with the fifth round ko so other than that we got a couple more fights that have been confirmed this week we got tiafimo versus i forgot the guy's name that he's fighting just said george it. Yeah, george cambosis george cambosis and then we got broner versus whoever but tiafimo versus cambosis uh tiafimo's coming back off of his win off of Lomachenko, and he's uh I would assume this is... Oh, I'll let you break this down. I'll let you break this down. Uh,
1: yeah, so Cambosis uh, is the mandatory challenger. Um, from what T.O. has said, the plan is to fight Cambosis uh, and win, then go on and, and try to get fights with um, uh, Tank or Devin Haney. And then he says he wants to move to 140 and fight the winner of uh, Taylor Ramirez. Um, and so right now the the Lopez-Cambosas fight is – the, they said they're shooting for May or June. Um, so uh, Tio just – he said he just got back into the gym like this week, I guess. So he's um, he's in camp now. Um, but we got – we'll, we'll – uh, as we – go forward we'll, we'll do a full full, full breakdown break, kind of yeah. I saw a video because yeah, I'm 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 actually kind of excited because sue Gambosis is uh he's a fiery he's a fiery dude and I, he's gonna give Tio a fight. So
0: yeah, cool. I saw a video uh I, don't, I forgot where exactly I think it was on YouTube or Facebook or something like that. But it was uh Mike Tyson had Tia Fimo on his podcast and they were talking and he was sitting there and he called Devin Haney. Yeah, shot. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's up, you ugly motherfucker? <laughs> so stupid,
1: dude. Yeah, I know, I know. That, and see, that's the thing, man. Like they, they keep like Devin Haney again because he's undefeated and he's a really slick boxer. His name keeps getting thrown in there with with these guys that I. And in my, in my fucking humble opinion, I don't think Haney can can hang with any of those dudes. I don't think the thing is I don't think Haney could like against Lopez, right? I don't think Haney could avoid enough of Lopez's shots for long enough to win a decision. And he certainly doesn't have the power to get him out of there. Yeah, And I think it's, I think he has a better chance with a guy like tank because tank tends to get hit a little bit more and tank is naturally a smaller guy. Um, but, but again, like, I mean, I, I don't think he could stay away from tank long enough to not get hit with one of those bombs. So to me, like Haney's name getting keep continuing to get thrown in there is kind of, I don't know. It's just for the fans, I guess. Um, I I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like look at Debra Haney is a really spectacular boxer. Okay. So I don't want to make, I don't want to make it sound like he's a bum. He's not, he's great. Uh, It just, I don't, I don't think he, he has the tools at least at this point is think. I think he's he's in the same
0: boat as like, maybe I think he's a little bit better, but I think he's in the same boat as like Ryan Garcia. He we yeah,
1: said, well, he's definitely better than Garcia. He's yeah. definitely, definitely a better boxer than Garcia. Um, he just doesn't like, like Garcia's got that, that, that pop in the shots that, that mm-hmm. can end fights. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we saw against Lou Campbell, he can make up for certain mistakes. I don't know that Devin Haney has that where he can get it. Like if he is behind in a fight, which doesn't happen because he is such a good boxer, but again, stepping up levels where guys are really fucking throwing bombs, yeah. um, it, can you stay away out of that danger for long enough to hit, not get hit, score? You know your your decision. Um, and that's the difference between him and him and Garcia. Garcia uh, doesn't necessarily have the boxing skill that Haney has at this point. Yeah. Uh, he but he's got that. He's got the equalizer. He's got power.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that Lopez and. Uh... Lopez and uh, Tank, they just got that – doesn't like, they have the skill, but they, they just have that one-shot power. So it's just kind of like uh, that, that's the great equalizer in all things, yeah. whether you lack anything, it's just power. Right. Um, but Yeah, and then um, another big name coming back for those of you – he hasn't been around for a little bit, but Adrian Broner has a confirmed fight. Uh, we were just talking before that no one knows who it is, though, or who he is actually fighting. I don't think there's a confirmed opponent which is eight days away, so hopefully they find somebody. There's a couple funny comments on the uh, Instagram post, but Broner is one of those dudes who, if and we've talked about him a couple times, but like if he's on, if he's there and like he does what he needs to do, he could be a problem in that division and he could definitely cause some um, drama because he would be, I think he's in Terrence Crawford division, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so, he's, yeah, he's he's
0: Yeah, you know, over the last couple weeks and months, we've been talking about Terence Crawford and him being in like that Canelo position and being in that spot where, you know, if if he's not going to fight Errol Spence, then who's he going to fight? And then like, if I got found something. Oh so,
1: yeah, Giovanni Santiago is who he's fighting. Oh, all right. I have no. I don't know who the fuck that is. Oh, hey, Otto Valen and Dominic. Um, Brazil, um, are fighting on that undercard, right. uh, heavyweights, both, uh, Valen lost to Tyson Fury and Brazil obviously got destroyed by, uh, Wilder. So there's right. some names. Oh, and I, well, this is next. There's a lot, man, there's a lot going on next week though. Oscar Valdez and M- Miguel Berchelt are fighting and Josh Kelly, dude, I was telling you about, uh, yeah. the, the Irish kid. Yeah. Uh, he's fighting next week too. And that one well, yeah. next week's a big week. Nice. Wow, we got some stuff to break down for next week. Giovanni yeah. um, yeah. Santiago. I don't know who the fuck that is.
0: So, and and this is, I, I think this is the plan. Obviously, I think they're gonna get him in there with a bum, and they're gonna get him. And just, just like Jake said, um, but I don't, I don't think they're gonna bring Broner back and put him against someone difficult. Yeah, um, I think him making his comeback, whether he's there to actually box or just to pay off some debts, I guess we'll see when he gets in there. Um, for me to be excited about Broner coming back, I need to see like old Broner and like, he needs to get a knockout for me to even be like, you know, interested in watching him fight again. Cause if he goes in there and he does his own thing where he's not throwing punches, he's just shelling up, he's throwing one, two combos and that's it. uh, I I don't, I don't think he's going to make any noise, but if he comes in there first, second, third, fourth round stoppage and like actually shows like the skill that he once had, the power that he has. uh, And like, does it because again whoever this guy is he's a boxer but like if he's of any skill level uh i still think Bron- for broner to make noise in the division i think he needs to do this uh you know he needs he needs to be there um and we'll break down the fight a little bit more as we do more research but
1: so the the dude is he's 14 and 0 with 10 knockouts so Jesus. all yeah. right
0: well then maybe but it seems like he he may
1: pose a little bit of a threat if Adrian Broner isn't like on on his game.
0: Well, I guess we'll have to uh, we're gonna have to see. I I don't think I don't think uh, that's a tough fight coming back. He's 14-0 at ten knockouts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's been in jail for the past two years or something like that. That's uh that's not looking good. But he's walking around with a big bubble gap for a while. Yeah, I know he got he, he blew up. I saw a picture of him for a while, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? But uh, from what I've seen from his Instagram, he's uh, he's picked it up. He's been training. He's dropped, like, 30 pounds, he said.
1: He does, yeah, he does look healthy. He looks good. looks, looks good. good. The looks
0: only good. thing is when I see his training, it kind of reminds me of, like, I don't even know. Like, it just doesn't look right. Like, he just doesn't – like, his punches don't – like, whenever he does mitts, he's always, like, here, and he's just, like ju- – like, he's not doing much, and the guy's, like, going oh, – because,
1: they, because they're, they're not – they're they do the mayweather shit where the shit that you see is like the um that's just to get in rhythm
0: okay. um
1: that's basically so like this any shit that you see on instagram where people are like doing myths and are doing that no look shit that's that shit that helps you win fights yeah. that's sort totally of to get you in rhythm get your arms loose you know what i mean get that timing down and then you start throwing actual combinations you know what i mean start you know uh, account like throwing some counters, and you start actually doing real work. They, they well, that's they're not going to show that. They're not going to show the real, the real work they're work, doing. They're showing the stuff that looks pretty.
0: Yeah. I mean Well, then, yeah. So, well, whatever it is that they're showing, I'm not impressed by it yet. I want to see yeah. him come in. I want to see him actually earn the win, not like a decision. Like I want to see him go out there and like actually take the win before I'm like, all right, he's back. And like, exc- like I said, it excites me because I think I honestly think that if Broner is good and he like actually shows up, he could put like a dent in that division. It might make it a little bit more interesting. Cause he could he could be like that, you know, that foot in the or the uh just like the breakup between that Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford type thing where he could step in and at least be a name that makes it a little bit yeah, more Yeah that
1: that's that's about it. Yeah. Even even Adrian Baroner at his best I don't think is beating Bud Crawford. May maybe like peak level broner could beat spence yeah but i don't think he's beating crawford well no but again
0: i don't and i don't expect him to i just think it'd be you know because right now like we've talked about is terence crawford and spence are like the two that are going to fight each other and like if they're not fighting each other then who are they going to fight right it's just like he could come in and at least you know win a couple fights or they just like win one fight and he's just in the conversation which depends on how he wins but um, and at least be something a little bit more exciting to maybe then bring Spence and Crawford together or whoever else is in that division can, you know, come up and say, Hey, you know uh, I fought Broner and I beat him. And then, you know, Broner. And I, like I said, I think Broner can come in and at least give that factor of like, you know, he could do it. Yeah. He very well could, you know, I don't think he can beat Crawford, but like against Errol Spence, he very well could, you know, has that chance as always. Yeah. Uh, That like he could come in and like mess up the entire division. Uh, So, and I don't, I don't know that either of those guys would take that fight just because of his. I feel like they wouldn't because of like Broner's name, Um, and like, or they would because of his name, but they wouldn't because like, depending on how he looks, he could pose a threat in a lot of ways that could like derail that entire thing. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, then it may, it might force Spence and. Crawford right at each other.
0: Yeah,
1: if it's like, if if it's they're in this situation where like, ah, uh, okay, Broner's available. It looks like he's back. But I mean, what is a win? What does a win over Broner, who's been in and out of boxing for these last few years, what does it do for me, right? Yeah. And there's so it's a high risk, low reward. That's right. Might well go fight Crawford. Might as well, you know, right? they they might as well fight each other. That's why the risk is high, but the reward is high. With yeah. Broner, risk, high risk, low reward.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm thinking what's, you know, he has to come out if he wants. I, I think if he wants those fights, he's got to come out and, like, prove it right now. Like, it's just like, you're going to go against this guy. Like, you got to knock him out, and it's got to be a decent showing. It can't be the, the fucking shell up and not throw. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so Broner's fight next weekend. Uh, as Jake said, we got Joe Kelly fight next weekend uh, and a bunch of other, you know, fighters coming up that we'll talk about and break down. And, uh, yeah, so... Um, obviously we talked about the Ben Askren, Jake Paul a little bit and the Logan Paul Floyd fight getting canceled along with all the stuff that was going on with that, where Floyd said, he's going to fight fifties, 50 cent. He's going to fight Logan. And then he's going to fight Jake Paul. Um, you know, there's, uh, as I said, I, I get more and more, uh, just to cover this quickly and we can get over it, but like less, interested in seeing this fight every time I see Ben Askren uh train. And I haven't seen much of it, but like the from what I've seen, it just hasn't been good. And
1: uh he's I think, fucking trash,
0: bro. Yeah. I mean the the only way I see the the only thing I see happening here is that Jake might not be good enough at this point to uh, he's gonna I think he's gonna have some trouble with this fight just for the simple fact that I don't think he's just going to be able to like one punch Ben Askren. I, I don't. And I like to think that even in a month or two of training that Ben Askren can put something together that can actually resemble a fighter. Whereas Nate Robinson, you know, was not moving in any which way that was resembling a fighter. I think he can at least give it a couple rounds to see what happens when Jake Paul gets put put under stress. And I think that's, really why as I start to think about this more that's why this fight was made because I don't think Ben Askren is just going to get like put down but I don't think Jake Paul has any fear that he's actually going to lose this fight
1: no listen what's going to happen because Ben Askren can't throw a punch and because two months is not enough time to figure out how to throw a punch correctly um as soon as he does throw but because Jake Paul is reckless and he doesn't know how to box and he just He's heavy handed and he knows that. And so he just throws shots. What's going to happen is as soon as Ben Askren s- steps into the danger zone, starts to throw with those fucking noodle arms, uh, Jake Paul's going to put his fucking head down and let those bombs go. And Ben Askren is going to get caught because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. So he's, getting, he's probably not going to last very long at all. Because yeah. from what, all the shit that I've seen Ben Askren do, he doesn't have the footwork to move in and out of danger like that. Yeah, right. Certainly doesn't have the head movement. So as soon as he leaves himself open, which is when he throws a shot, which he doesn't know how to fucking throw a shot at all, he's gonna be open and something's gonna land. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. It's it's kind of like um when I was talking about Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson, is that it's like a bar fight, like any one of them getting get knocked out because they don't neither of them know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same thing, it's that now it's like we know for like i never saw Nate Robinson throw a punch so i don't know i didn't i didn't know right there was unknown
0: yeah
1: i've seen Ben Askren throw a punch and i've seen him move around it's it's he, he he's going to get blown the fuck out real quick i'm you t- as soon as he throws a shot because he doesn't one, one his his shots are weak there's nothing behind them he doesn't fucking he, he doesn't turn right doesn't turn his hands over so as soon as that shot is out there he's there's all this time where he's left open and he certainly he doesn't know how to get his hands right back he doesn't know how to bang right and then come with something else right after it's gonna be a couple shots wild noodle arm shit and then those big shots of jake Pauls are gonna come in and he's gonna get he's gonna get put to sleep real quick
0: oh yeah i mean yeah, it's I mean,
1: stupid, stupid, you know, Jew Fro that he's got going there. Watch, I'm going to see slow motion. He's going to get – he's going to throw a punch. I'm telling you, this is exactly what's going to happen. He's going to throw a punch, right? And <laughs> as he throws his punch, he's going to get cracked with something. That fucking Fro is going to go spinning around his fucking head, and he's going to go to sleep. Why? Watch, we're going to see it in slow motion. It's going to be a fucking meme, I'm telling
0: we're, you. We're going to clip this when that does happen, and we'll, we'll put it on. There. I do think he's going to get no- – I do think he's going to get knocked out. I just don't – like I said, I I – I think that the reason they pick this type of fight is because they know it's not going to be Nate Robinson, and they know it's not going to be uh, you know an actual fighter, or I shouldn't say an actual fighter, an actual boxer, and it's somewhere in between where I think Ben Askren will take a couple. I think he's going to be able to take a couple, and then you know it's going to put Jake Paul past the second round probably for the first time in his career at that point. Well, and- the the one the one
1: thing that I think that you're 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 sort of on track here with is that. Ben Askren, he does have experience enough as a fighter to not run into shots.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. Like he, he, you know, I could see him trying to feel feel things out. The problem is, again, once he steps into that that yeah. that range of Jake Paul and he throws something and something gets thrown back, that's when it. That's when it. It becomes.
0: Yeah, know, yeah. I'm just uh, I'm, so I'm, like I said, uh, and obviously this fight's gonna we're gonna see more of it, and I'm sure there's gonna be more of like a from both sides, more of, like, this... I can't like, believe
1: that I'm even breaking this down.
0: Yeah, I like, know. You this, know what
1: I mean? Like, that, how much is fucking... Like, I just said that, and then it just hit me. It's like, what am I doing? Why am I even bothering?
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm sure there's going to be more of, like, a, a video uh, thing going along with it, like the Showtime following... Uh, what do you call it? Like... Uh, the All Access? All Access, yeah. I'm sure there'll be some type of All Access. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure it's going to be so fucking interesting watching these two idiots. Yeah. Well, it's more about the spectacle than it actually is the fight itself, but... Um, on top of that we and we again last week the podcast got fucked up a little bit but uh logan paul floyd mayweather got canceled uh I, nobody wanted to watch it so they canceled it and they said that there's going to be interest next time around so they, they uh i i think it's done i don't think they're going to do anything with it i think they're talking about it jake paul was calling out floyd and jake paul's just calling out everybody and he's just being a, a tool at this point but uh, logan paul I, I meant to watch a video on YouTube. He talked about why it specifically was being canceled, um, which I don't think he was saying it was because of the interest. But whatever. I, I don't think anybody wants to see it. Uh, yeah, so. no
1: one wants to admit that. Like, yeah. no one's
0: gonna admit that. No. Th-
1: yeah, We're it got it got pushed back because no one fucking gives a shit. Like, no one gonna <laughs> say that. You know what I mean, but we all know that's why.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So whatever goes on there, uh, I don't. I honestly couldn't care less about it, uh, as long as uh, you know as long as when jake paul's uh, i just want to see jake Paul step in the ring with someone who's actually going to hurt him that's it that's as soon as he steps up yeah at, the, at
1: this point he's he's obviously going to keep doing it because yeah. people want to see it let him keep let him work his way up into fighting an actual boxer and then die in the ring. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So and so, then we could all be happy and then we can just leave off this topic for eternity but for right now we got to talk about it yeah um so UFC 258 this weekend, we got a bunch of good fights. Uh, it's a pretty good card overall. We got Macy Barber is going to be on the card and she's like an up and coming star, Kevin Gaslam, uh, Ian Hennish. I think it's how you pronounce his last name. And then obviously the main event, we got uh, Kamara Uzman versus Gilbert Burns. Now the story here between Uzman and Burns, I don't know if you, do you know either of these guys?
1: Uh, I know that the, I remember uh, Gilbert Burns is not like a really uh, frightening guy. I know that.
0: Uh, I mean, he's a. It depends on. What, I mean, he's a. He's a definitely a good fighter. He's up and coming. Um, he's he's been around for a little bit, but he's kind of. He, this is his shot to really kind of take that step forward. He's he's not really like a striker by your terms. Uh, he's a grappler. He's a black belt. He's uh, like a high level jujitsu guy. This fight could have a potential to be very grappling heavy. I don't I Kamaro Uzman has uh what Connor calls the jock strap sniffing style where he just kind of puts his face in your your stomach and your chest and like in yours and just kind of like holds you there and just tries to wear you out. He does he does this it's such like a corny tactic like he gets you against the wall and he stomps on your foot with his heel. Yeah he just like really hard just like stomps on the top of your foot which I would fucking hate if I was a fighter because it probably yeah. kills uh but it's going to be a good fight i think that you know usman is the current uh welterweight champion of the world which is the 170 division and he he's a very skilled fighter and a lot of people consider him to be one of the goats he's undefeated uh his you know his couple last fights that he's had or no, he has one loss sorry but you know his his last couple fights that he's had were really good he beat uh jorge masvidal but that was on short notice and that was supposed to be against burns and that was supposed to be last year jorge masvidal had his moments but again it was on six days notice and he lost like 27 pounds in six days and still managed to get that fight in on fight island so it was just there was nothing in favor of masvidal there in terms of winning that fight and then in 2019 uh uzman had his you know coming out party essentially he beat tyron woodley for the belt and then he beat Colby Covington who is just like a loudmouth, who was the intern at the time, intern uh, champion at the time. And he, you know, and they could very well fight again um, because Covington had a really good last fight. Uh, I forgot who exactly he fought, but he had a very good last fight and he dominated. Oh, he fought Tyron Woodley. Duh. forgot about that. But he destroyed Tyron Woodley for, for the most part and then basically he tapped out. But so that could definitely be coming up after this. Now, the, the main story behind Usman and Burns is they were teammates. So these guys were both teammates inside of, uh, I forgot the gym they went to in South Florida, but they were teammates for years. And Usman actually cornered Gilbert Burns in one of mm-hmm. his last like three or four fights, I think. Uh, and they're really good. They're friends, they're teammates. They've sparred a lot. They've you know fought a lot. And the the story going around right now is that one of these guys knows what they know about the other. Like one of these guys knows the other guy can beat them essentially. And when it comes to teammates and and this, this is why you don't often see this because teammates more often than not stick together. And if they don't, it's not really in terms like, like these guys don't necessarily hate each other. They don't necessarily, they're not talking shit about each other. They're just kind of like keeping it very cordial. They're keeping it very much like, you know, just too, Good guys just about to fight, whereas like you know you get the the TJ Dillashaw like the the last big like teammate debacle that comes to my mind is Dillashaw versus uh, Garbrandt, and they were both at uh, Uriah Faber's gym, and that was ugly. Dillashaw left, Garbrandt was pissed, and like they were just talking shit about each other. But it was one of those things where it, it was just like an ugly feud, and I don't think this is an ugly feud. I think this is just two guys trying to get the belt. And one of them is just this is his chance and he knows that like there is no other chance so it's just you got to fight your friend or you you don't get the belt and I think they're both aware of that but Usman is a I'd say he's a pretty heavy favorite for this fight uh he's minus 270 now I think Usman is a, a head like a, he's definitely a better striker overall I think that if Gilbert Burns gets him on the ground he's going to be in trouble and I think that Burns – this dude Burns is just kind of like a bull. Like he's just – he'll, he's going to – I don't think Usman's style is going to necessarily work with Burns because of how much of like a bull he is. And he, he's not a terrible striker, again, by Jake's terms and what Jake would consider a good striker. He's not. He's very much like a head down, just kind of throwing type person. Uh, but he's a grappling heavy guy. He's had some knockouts his last couple fights, and he's he's shown up. So I, I'm interested to see what Burns does here early on and if he tries to take down Usman or if he tries to stand with him. Because I, I, Usman is a good grappler. I don't know that he's as good as uh, Burns. And like I said, there's, there's something that's not being said here, and I saw a video earlier where Burns was talking about it and he says, I know, or he says that Usman knows I can submit him. So I'm assuming what happened here in training is that Burns dominated him on the ground or would get him down and, you know, really had his way with him on the ground. And maybe Usman caught him a couple of times standing and that's just kind of how it's going to go. But it seems like Burns is coming into this pretty confident that he's going to win this fight. Usman is as well, but it's like a different type of confidence from burns like it's that like yeah i got you already type of confidence you know what i mean yeah. and like and i don't you know i don't know if there's been anything like this in boxing in terms of like teammates fighting each other or people that have that were like sparring partners and like go to like you know yeah
1: this, yeah, they, yeah. To me, this it, is a yeah.
0: pretty deep like to corner someone in a fight means you trust that person a decent amount you know what i mean and yeah. then it's like to have to fight them now on the opposite side of the ring for a belt it's just kind of like a weird environment that's like Seems very uh, abrasive to me. That's like really hard to deal with. So, like I said, it's to me, I want to pick Usman in this fight. And I, everything tells me to go with Usman, but I feel as though Burns knows something that everybody else doesn't and knows a way in which he's going to take this fight. And he just seems like he's in that position where he's going to. Now, with that being said, Usman really is, like, he's a a pretty boring champion, but he is, like, a champion. And he's, like, a – he's a dude who's earned his stripes to this point. He's had some big fights. And when he's had his fights, he's won uh, convincingly. There hasn't really been anything that was, like, too close with him uh, to, like, call. And, you know, he's really come on in the last few years. But I have to – I have to go – I have to go Burns here. I think Burns is going to win. I think what's going to happen is he's going to, like I said, I think he's going to beat a lot early on. And I'm interested to see what Usman does to kind of, you know, keep him at bay. And I, But the problem is I think that Burns is going to be there late no matter what. And if that's the case, you know, meaning his, he's not going to get tired, then I think that Usman is going to be he, – he's not going to be in a position that's going to be good for him. Uh, Cause I've seen, you know, the last couple fights, he, he has a tank too and he doesn't really get tired and he, you know, but he, when he fought his last big fight uh, against Masvidal, Masvidal was exhausted really. And Colby Covington, he caught early on and just kind of dominated that fight. So we'll see what happens. I think Burns is going to win. I think he's going to do it by submission. And I think uh, he's either going to do it by submission late or he's going to do it uh, by decision. So um we'll see what happens here but at well the other two fights we got we got macy barber who i'm really excited to see she's a dynamite she's just like a a bomber just you know is uh i'm almost positive she like tore her acl last fight and continued and won and uh the guy like the one of the i i can remember correctly i think it was her she tore her acl and then the ref came out literally moved her tibia and was like oh yeah it's torn acl she's good to go and then she just fought. And it was like gross. Like you could literally see her tip, like, because that's one of the tests for an ACL. Is like, if you tear it, you can like move the tibia back and forth. And he was just like, yeah, it's a, it's a severely, or it's like something torn ACL, but she's good to go. And she just fought. So uh, she's a badass. Uh, I think she's going to be Alexa Grasso. I think she's going to knock her out. I'll say second round KO. And then we got Kevin Gaslam versus Ian Heinish is going to be a good fight. I think that overall, Heinish is one of those dudes that he, I, I think that he's a bomber. Like, I think he's got a lot of power and he's got a lot of skill, but I think that Gaslam is, I just hate the way that Gaslam looks. Like, he just doesn't look like a fighter. You know what I mean? Like, he's just kind of, like, oddly shaped and his legs are really small. But, like, you know, he he gave he gave Izzy probably his hardest fight of his career. Uh, and one of the fights that Izzy, you know, I've seen talk about I don't know if he's talked about it, but like when you watch over the fight, it's, you know, Gasolom knocked him, basically stunned him. And I've never seen Izzy get stunned. Uh, and he was there late, but then Adesanya just kind of like put it on towards the end and, and dominated. So I think Gaslam's going to win here. I think he's going to come in with a knockout. And I think it's going to be pretty convincing and he'll be back on track. So to kind of go here, we got Gaslam, we got Macy Barber, and then we got. Gilbert Burns who's a heavy underdog but I've had my experience with underdogs in the last few weeks and it's been going terrible when I picked the over or the the favorite so I think that Burns is going to win I may I'm I'm still here this is the podcast but I'm still thinking about it so I may change my decision but the official prediction right now is going to be Burns on top of that uh, I don't know if you saw Nate Diaz had an interview I love listening to that Dude Talk. He's such an. idiot <laughs> He had an interview with Ariel Helwani, and he was just uh, he had one of one of the, probably like the funniest lines I ever heard. He was talking to Helwani, and Helwani was saying there was a boxer that said like it's hard to wake up in the morning when you're sleeping sat in satin sheets. Do yeah. you know who that was? I don't know who's. I forgot who he said said it. I yeah no
1: I get yeah. I, 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 I know, but I can't, it's not coming
0: to me. Anyways, so he was talking to Nate Diaz about it, and he said that quote to Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz is like, I don't give, I don't even know what satin is. He's like, What's satin? <laughs> and uh oh, oh, yeah. like it's a very comfortable he's he's like it's a very comfortable material. And he's like, was is that is that what you got on? And he's like, No, no, he's like, I I'm not there yet. And he's like, Oh, all right, whatever. And like the the interview was forty-two minutes. And uh, if you get a chance and you want to listen to it, definitely do it. But the reason I bring that up is last week we talked a little bit about the lightweight division or try to, because I keep forgetting, but try to talk a little bit about, about the lightweight division and like w- what's coming of this because of all the, the change that's going on and all the ins and outs of like Connor and Dustin and, and Nate was supposed to be in the mix for Poirier. But uh, from what I understand right now, he's stepping back and saying, I'm not fighting at 155. If he's going to fight these guys, they're going to come to 170. Poirier says he's going to go to 170 and he'll leave the division, which is just like, it doesn't make any sense what's going on here. But essentially, Nate's saying he wants to fight two times this year at minimum, four times max. And he wants to fight Connor. He wants to fight Poirier. He wants to fight Oliveira. I think Oliveira and Diaz would be an absolute, you know, great fight. Probably not for you. Cause I don't think that it would be a, it'd be a probably a grappling heavy fight. But, you know, there, there's just kind of like this in and out right now of Nate Diaz, they're like, he's just kind of caught in like nowhere's land. Cause if he doesn't want to come down to 155, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for Oliveira or Poirier to go to 170. Cause if they lose, no one gains anything. But if they win, again, no one really gains anything. And like yeah. the Poirier has a titled fight coming up. That uh, whoever he fights next is going to be for the title, and then if Oliveira leaves and, and wins at 170 or loses at 170, like what that doesn't do anything for 155. So it's just a bunch of, bunch of stuff that's going on. But Nate Diaz kind of like came out and gave us a little bit more direction, saying that he's not fighting at 155 and that he he wants to fight at 170. So really, right now lightweight, it's looking like if Dustin doesn't want to fight Michael Chandler, it's going to be. Connor and Dustin. I don't see any other, any other way in which this is going to go unless something crazy happens to between Oliveira and Poirier. Uh, so I, I don't know. And like I said, I think that what's going to happen here is Diaz will get his fight. I, I think he really wants to fight with Masvidal. That he wants to run that back, and then he wants to fight Connor again. And I think he also wants to fight Poirier. Uh, and I I think. Diaz can be talked down into coming to 155. I think he's just kind of like putting his foot in the sand and being like, if you want me to come down there, you're going to have to pay me. Yeah. So I could easily see him coming down to 155 and fighting Poirier for the belt because it doesn't really, him staying at 170 right now doesn't really make much sense in terms of his goals because I don't, he would have to win a cup, at least a fight or two to get into the belt conversation at 170 or at least come back and beat like and or like a Colby Covington or someone like that. And I don't even know if he'd fight Colby Covington, but 155, he could step in and get like an immediate shot, I think. So he's got to weigh those options, but I think he's just kind of like playing hard to get with 155 because he's saying it's a dead division and he's got nothing to chase down there. And so uh, it was definitely a, a good interview and like it gave a lot of insight into him because he's been a name that's been thrown around a lot over the past couple of weeks since all this ended. Um, but as of right now, we, can, we know two things. Khabib's not coming back, and Nate Diaz isn't fighting at 155. So there's four names right now that I see that are, like, in this box here that are going to possibly be matchmaking, which is Poirier is up here. And then there's, like, a triangle underneath of uh, Connor, Oliveira, and Chandler. And then, however, they want to mix this up and figure that out. Uh, I think Connor's obviously in the lead. And then these two are going to have to like earn it in some other way, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah. I mean, other than that, we'll review. We got uh, UFC 258. Picking Burns right as of right now. I'm picking Burns, even though my heart says Kamara Usman. I think my gut is telling me Burns. Macy Barber. I think is going to win. I think she's going to knock out Grosso, and I think Gaslam's <laughs> going to win. And then we got uh, Joe Smith Jr. this weekend, me and Jake, both picking for knockout. Jake's picking by ninth, ninth round. I'm picking fifth round. And then next week, we got a bunch of boxing to talk about. We'll break down all these fights. We'll break down Broner. We'll break down uh, Joe Kelly, right, his name, or John? Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly. They're both wrong. Josh Kelly, the Irish guy. So we'll break that down.
1: And, and the biggest one, Oscar Valdez. And, Oscar Valdez. Uh, yep.
0: Yeah. yep. So we got that fight as well. We'll break all that down. I'll do my research and make sure I I know about the opponents as well, and uh, we'll go from there. Any last last minute things?
1: No, man. Watch this fight. It's on ESPN this weekend. It's free. Watch it.
0: Yeah, yeah. UFC is not free, so I, I, I'm I'm even going back and forth. This isn't a fight to me that it's almost like worth paying the money for it, but. Uh, just, Free title fight on ESPN, that's where it's at, man. Yeah, I yeah. might have to go the boxing route, we'll see, and then catch up with the UFC, because 70 bucks is not cheap for this fight, and none of these guys yeah. are really, like, it's just one of those things with the UFC. One of these guys is just not, like, they're not paper pushers, let just put it that way. I, <laughs> I hate Colby Covington, but, like, he had a good line when he fought Kamara Usman. He's like, you couldn't draw money on a, pay- a white piece of paper with a green crayon. <laughs> and he's just not, Kamara Usman is just not, like, a good... He's just kind of like a corny champion. I don't know. But anyways, I appreciate you guys for listening to this point. Sorry about last week's episode. We're going to get this one up, and this will be there. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.